And welcome to Ray Mahupam. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. I'm at Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you are joining me today. 331, March 31st. Wow, we are almost there. You know, when I say almost there, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Pesach. Oh boy, we are so close to Pesach. Why does everybody relate Pesach to stress? Okay, I don't mean Pesach itself, but before Pesach, to so much stress in the home. And there is so much stress in the home. I do not want to talk about Pesach yet, Erev Pesach and all that yet. We have some time to talk about it. I want to talk about something else today, but thank you so much for joining me. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and to strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Thank you for waiting for me today. Those of you who waited and like, where's Robert Greenfield on the radio? What happened to him today? Well, I'll tell you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. Ein od milvado. I want to tell you, I had this class ready uh, around, oh boy, six, seven minutes ago, and I'm like, okay, let's go on. And I dropped my, my notes on my laptop. And I'm about to start, and then boom, my screen is off. I'm like, okay, what just happened? Where's all my notes? And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's put this next song on. So we put the next song on, and I just rebooted my computer. Basically, I think it just got plugged out. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't know what the reason is. Maybe one of you out there had to wait for some time or whatever it is. But here we are today. What I want to talk about is something extremely important in your relationship with your husband, with your wife. And I'll tell you the truth, this, this particular topic we talk, we're talking today, today about, and I want to speak about something else as well, I am telling you it is important not only for your husband and for your wife, it's important for your children, for anybody that you have a relationship with. Okay, here is what I want to talk about today. Do you, you know, you realize, let's talk about Pesach. Pesach is literally right around the corner. Right around the corner, you know. Second Purim is over, we all start thinking about Pesach. And everything that's involved in Pesach. You know, how did it all start? How did it all start? Meaning, the whole Pesach story, how did it start? I think this is like a great intro for today's topic. Listen to this. This is out of Pasha Shemos. This is, it's, we all know the story, but it's so amazing. It's just so, so amazing. There was a man who took, a man went from the house of Levi and took the daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived, and she gave birth to a son. So she saw him, that he was good. What did she do? And she hid him for three months. And she could no lo- longer hide him. So what did she do? I read a lot over here. And basically what happened, we all know the story. She took for him a wicker basket and smeared it with clay and pitch. She placed a child into it and placed it among the reeds of the bank of the river, at the bank of the river. And then what happens if and his sister is watching? Along comes who? Along comes the daughter of Paro. 
to bathe by the river, Vinaroseha and her maidens, Holchos Ayad Hayar. Her maidens walked along the river. Vatera Esateva. And guess what? Bas Paro Batya. What does she see? She sees, she sees this basket. Betochasuf. Right? She saw the basket among the reeds. And she sent, she sent her maidservants, she took it, Vatiftach, and she opened it up. Vatir Eu Eshayeled. And what does she see? She opens it up and she sees and she saw him, the child. Vahine, and behold, Nar there's a little baby in the basket. A little baby in the basket. And he's crying. And what does the Torah tell us? The Torah says us, Batachmol Alav. She took pity on him. That's how it all started. She took pity on Moshe Rabbeinu. Where did it all start, Moshe Rabbeinu? Where did the whole Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Moshe Rabbeinu, right? This is the beginning of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, beginning of the Gula. How does it start? It starts with one thing, one word. You know what that word is? That word is called empathy. Empathy. She had empathy. The daughter of Paro, Batya, she had empathy. When she saw Moshe, and she called him Moshe, right? She's the one who called him Moshe. She had empathy on him. And guess what? She raised this child. She raised Moshe Rabbeinu. And it says a little bit later on, we're talking about, little, if you take a look, it's like amazing, because you can see just a couple of Sukkim later. You know what it says? It says, Vayahi Bayomimahem, and it was in those days. Vayagdel Moshe, and Moshe grew up. Vayetzeel Echav, and he went out to his brethren. Vayar Bisivlosam, and you know what it says? It says, he observed their burdens. Then he saw a, a, a Mitri man, Makish's Ivi, Meachav. But stop, stop, stop. Let's look at Rashi. You know what Rashi says? And this is fascinating because I think this is such an amazing lead up to today's class. Because again, it's all in the Torah. It's, it's all in the Torah. What does it say? Rashi says, Vayar Bisivlosam. What is Vayar Bisivlosam? Rashi says, Nasan Eina Velibo. He put his eyes and his heart, Lios Meitzar Alehem. To what? To feel bad about them. This is like, what more do you need? What more do you need? Let's look at this Rashi. I'm looking at this again. What does Rashi say? Rashi says, Nasan Eina Velibo, Lios Meitzar Alehem. And if you take a look here, there are actually some comments. This was his intention to see their suffering and to grieve with them. Do you get it? This, one second. This is, this is not like, oh, empathy. Yeah, Rebecca Greenfield. You want me to be empathic with my husband, right? You want me to be empathic with my wife. It's so hard sometimes. Or I don't really get it all the time. It's hard to give it when you don't get it, right? And we're going to, Bezos Hashem Yisprach, Nasev Natsliach, we are going to be talking about empathy. We're going to rip it apart today. We really are. Rip apart the, the subject of empathy. And we're going to see how we can introduce, uh, i got to be careful with this, introduce or reintroduce or help empower your communication when it comes to empathy because empathy is so pivotal we see this is the what more do you need than that that's the beginning of the gula of 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 it's Mitzrayim. it all started with empathy it started with paro's daughter who had empathy on moshe and then it went on literally a couple of seconds later where moshe sort of like takes this empathy from the woman who raised raised him and he applies it, and he sees, and he, he sees, okay, okay, he knows that he's Jewish, and, and he looks around, but he, he doesn't look around. He went out to share in their burden. Do you have this? 
he went out to have empathy. And, and, and through that empathy, you know, one thing led to the other. And by the way, there's actually a medrash that says that through that empathy, he took that to Paroi and he suggested for Paroi the Jewish people need a break on the seventh day. And that's why Paroi gave actually the Jewish people the seventh day a break. This all started with empathy. There's no question about it that empathy is pivotal in your relationship. If there's not enough empathy in your relationship, I will tell you right now, there's a problem. There's a problem. Because either you or your spouse are going to stonewall. You're going to feel explosive. You're going to have to release somewhere. And unfortunately, many times it comes out in anger in different situations. Then we become intolerant, impatient. We start like, you know, either pursuing or just criticizing and attacking. And it's like, where's all this coming from? Well, you know, many times it's all coming from because your spouse is not getting enough empathy or you're not getting enough empathy. And that's why this is happening. Now, I'll tell you a couple of things over here. Let's start with this. First of all, a lot of, you know, talk to men, we talk to women, we try to be fair here. Men. Men, this is a common thing by men. I, I, I just want to mention this to men. And that's a lot of you are thinking that you're doing a lot for your wife. And you are. You are. You're working really, really hard. You're, you know, waking up in the morning. And some of you maybe have two jobs. Even if you're going, <coughs> I shouldn't say even, especially, you know, when you go to Kolal, you're being, being schusim to your houses, v'chulu. And you're thinking, well, listen, I, I do so much. I work so hard. And it's very hard. I have so much pressure on the bills and the finances and the... And tuition, and how Pesach's coming up. I know my wife wants me to buy dresses for the kids, and suits, and this and that. And I have to make money, and it's really hard. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, like, I do so much for my wife. Like, what else does she want? So, you know, the truth is you are doing a lot for your wife. You are doing a lot for your wife. And, and, and you, really, you really should be appreciative of that. And I'm not saying, ladies, you should appreciate your husband. But, but gentlemen, please bring in empathy into your houses. I know a lot of you are, but a lot of you not. You're doing it, but not enough. For a whole host of reasons. We're going to be speaking soon about the reasons why you might not be empathic with your wives. First of which, by the way, I will say, I know a lot. this is probably coming to a lot of your minds, that she's not empathic with me, so I could be empathic with her. But and we're going to get there, okay? But the point of the matter is, is that empathy is, is, lit, is a very big ingredient in a healthy marriage. A very, very big ingredient in a healthy marriage is to be empathic. What does empathy mean? Empathy means basically I'm sharing your burden. I am sharing your pain. It does not mean that I'm judging the situation. We'll talk about it in a second. I'm not judging the situation, saying you're right or you're wrong, or she was right, she was wrong, and you have a right of being upset, not a right of being upset. But what it is, it's I'm sharing your pain. I'm sharing your pain. I feel terrible for you. And somehow that psychologically helps the individual who's going through the stress to feel so much better. And that's the way HaKadosh Baruch created the world. And we see this, how it started. We see in T.S. with time, it all started with empathy. It all started with empathy. And we, I, I could go on and on about empathy. But we see this like literally in the start, and I think that's very good for us, especially now, before, before Pesach. So gentlemen, we have to bring empathy into our houses. We have, if, if we don't have them or we don't have enough empathy, we have to bring it. As hard as you're working for your family, you got to bring empathy. Now, this is a problem sometimes with women. You know, I, I will say the truth. Many, many women are not empathic enough with their husbands. And the number one complaint I usually get from women when it comes to empathy is like, how much can I empathize already? I complains and complains and complains and complains and complains. And we're going to talk about that later. How to deal with that when you feel like your husband doesn't stop complaining and you, you try to empathize, but it doesn't seem like it's helping. So that's, that's an issue we're going to be talking about. Okay, next. Next, next, next. It's funny. I'm talking to you. I was trying to see if I could find 
some, uh, you know, before I do these classes, I just put some notes together for myself, and it says, shut down on me. I'm trying to find it again. Okay. Like this. Like this, like this, like this. Okay. There's, so there's this thing, right? Everybody wants to feel understood. I want to feel understood. That's what I want to feel, understood. Well, I'll tell you like this. Feeling understood is very, very important. We'll talk about what feeling understood means because, the, you know, even, it's so funny, the way Akash Baruch created the world is, is that, is that like being mevater, we speak about it all the time, being mevater is so important and you have that opportunity in your relationship like on a daily basis, daily basis, like hello, right? Daily basis. But it's funny, even when it comes to empathy, um, even when it comes to empathy, it's important to be mevater. And, and in a second, you're going to see what I mean. I don't mean not to give the empathy or not to be empathic, but in a certain sense to, to, to feel to that I have to be mevater in the empathy. So there's this. So, so there, there are, I'm actually, you know, I'm going to quote Dr. Kelly Flanagan, who actually speaks about five reasons why we don't give empathy. Now, I, you know, he, he, he gives like this outline. I'm not saying I agree with everything that he's saying, but I think it's a great outline of five re reasons why we do not, why we don't, give empathy, and then we're going to try to figure out how to fix that and, like, you know, sort of, like, attack those reasons why we're not giving them empathy and to figure out how we could give empathy. He writes that there's a, he feels that there's at least five fatal barriers in establishing empathy in our close relationships. So number one, he writes, and I want to talk about this. He writes very interesting. He says, he says I don't want to go first. You know, many times what happens is both members in the relationship, obviously we're talking about husband and wife over here, that they both need empathy. They both come home. They both had a really hard day, and there's a lot to complain about. They just want to feel validated. Again, but be careful with Lashon Hara, Chas I'm not, I'm not saying that you could just say whatever you want, but when it does come to empathy, there are certain things that we are allowed to say because we need the empathy. Again, this is not a halacha class. You should consult your posik of what you are, and you're not allowed to say to your husband or to your wife. But what I will tell you is that many times we both need empathy. We both need empathy. So it's like, okay, I don't want to go first. Who has to go first? Interesting question, right? Okay. Next reason that he lists as far, uh, we're going to talk about, again, we're going to get back to this. Next reason he gives, he's like, he says, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. So empathy requires us to place ourselves in another person's shoes, to allow our hearts to beat to the rhythm of theirs. We often fu fundamentally disagree with their perspective, and so we are tempted to debate them intellectually rather than join them emotionally. And I, I want to discuss, this is a biggie, and I actually what I did was, Baruch Hashem, Hatziat to break this up, I, I think, into like, there we go, four subcategories, and we're going to get to that in a second. Next, why, again, those of you who are just joining us, talking about empathy today and how important it is in this new relationship. Five reasons we do not, these are the reasons we don't give empathy, and then we're going to, you know, deal with each one at a time. This is actually from Kelly Flanagan. Um, and the, the next reason what he says is, what if I get it wrong? And I agree with him on this. I really do. What if I get it wrong? I mean, a lot of us are not being empathic or empathic enough with our spouses because we're scared. We're simply scared that I'm going to say the wrong thing and I'm going to get her even more upset or I'm going to say the wrong thing I'm going to get him more upset. So that's why we're not empathic. Here's another one. Here's another one. He writes, I don't want to feel that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true. A lot of us are not empathic. I'm in a bed with myself. I don't have to feel your pain now. Like, I have to empathize with you. It's very hard for me. I'm not interested. 
I'm not interested right now. I'm in a bad mood myself. Leave me alone. Loz me up, right? And I agree with this. This is a very, that what? You might know exactly what your spouse is feeling. It may bring up thoughts and feelings in you that you would prefer to avoid, he writes. If we don't want to feel our own sadness, we won't want to feel sadness on behalf of the person we love. Important. And next, writes, it's not my job to fix you. And this particular one, I think, is actually connected to the, one of the previous ones. And that is, it's not my job to fix you. That's because we confuse empathy with fixing. We think we have to do something to take the emotion away. And we don't want to be put on that hot seat. Or some of us will have the opposite reaction. I'm going to fix you. But this really undermines our ability to provide empathy as well. Because empathy is not fixing. Empathy is joining. I, I love that line. It's not my line. Dr. Flanagan's line. But it's a great line. Because empathy is not fixing. Empathy is joining. And he actually writes even better. We will have to put aside all our intel intellectual debates. Empathy is not a matter of deciding who is right and wrong. It's simply a matter of finding an emotional common ground. That's what it is. And I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something we've had in the Torah all along. Because take a look. Take a look in the Torah. Bereshis, Beis Chafdal. What does it say? Alkein Yazov ish es avivesimo, vidavak be ishto Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother, will cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. What does that mean? That is the pinnacle of empathy. That's what empathy. The Torah is, 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 is unquestionably unquestionably directing us the importance of connecting emotionally. Now, connecting emotionally, obviously we talk about tension, appreciation, affection, validation. But you know what else is, is part of this? It's empathy. It's the famous story with, with Arya Levine, whose wife has to go to the doctor because her leg hurts her. So he takes her to the doctor. Her foot, she had a problem with her foot. And he takes her to the doctor, makes the appointment, he comes together with her, and clearly he's empathizing with her throughout the whole process. And he's going there. He's going there with her to the doctor, and her, his wife, I'm sure, felt that, sh that he cares about her. And when he comes into the doctor, and the doctor asks, what's going on? Rabbi Levine says, let me tell you what the problem is. The problem over here is, is that my wife's foot hurts us. That's the type of empathy he had. Now, you know what? We, I know a lot of you heard the story. And, and you think of yourself, okay, if you, I hear the story, but I don't know if I could connect it. That's like a very, very higher level of empathy. Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe you could one day get there. And I was, let's, let's aim high. Let's aim high. Let's not say we can't. Let's aim high. Let's aim high. The Torah wants us to do. Let's aim high to get to that type of level. Because we see empathy is so important. We see, well, you know, the biggest, the biggest Gedalim had empathy. Biggest. I said a story the other week of Moshe. It was of Moshe Feinstein's Zechot of Kosh Lavrachas. Yard side. I think it's the 30th yard side. I'm talking about a story how Moshe Feinstein had empathy. He didn't want to hurt other people's feelings. Famous story when he was, some, someone took him to a chasana, to a wedding, and by mistake closed the door, uh, apparently on one of his fingers. He didn't say a word. He just didn't want, he didn't want to embarrass the other person. He had empathy. He cared. He felt for the other person. 
Or the case with the person where, where he came to give someone a Shalom Aleichem in his base marriage. Can you imagine the God of Adar coming to give someone a Shalom Aleichem in his base marriage? Stop, why not? Why not? He's complete unav. And what happens? He comes up to the person. The person didn't realize who he is. A famous story. He thought that someone comes, someone comes to collect staka. So he gives Rav Maisha some staka. So what did Rav Maisha do? Because he had empathy. He went around the Bismedrish to collect staka. Rav Maisha, the Kadaladar, went around to collect staka from other people because he had empathy. He realized this is not just a nice thing. This is what a Torah Kadaladar wants from us. Hashem wants from us to have empathy. But sometimes it's hard because of these, you know, these reasons, other reasons. Let's go through these reasons. This is, again, Dr. Flanagan wrote this. But I think he's head on with a lot of this. I, re I really do feel it. Why is he right? Like this. I don't want to go first. I don't want to go first. We both need empathy. But I don't want to go first. I'm sorry. Uh, so that's it. Whatever. So who does go first? Okay. I I'm going to tell you like a standard protocol. But please, please do not take this as an absolute. This is very important, by the way. A lot of stuff that I say... It's not the major disclaimer here. It's not absolute. When I say standard protocols, it means it's a standard protocol, but there are exceptions to this rule. And the reason I say this is because you might have a spouse that had a poor childhood, bad upbringing, possibly saw a really horrible marriage, did not get enough love and attention as a kid. Their computer program, their emotional computer program is a little bit flawed, and you might have to reverse the roles. And I've seen this a lot. I don't want to go first, right? You don't want to go first? So let's listen stand from a Torah perspective, from a Torah perspective, we know that what? That the man is the initiator. He's the, he is the initiator. We, we have so many rights. I'll just give you one. Right? We speak about Aleph base, right? Before Akash created the world, it was just Akash Hashem. It was one, Aleph. Then Akash Bochu creates the world, the world of twos, right? The, the kami of twos. Everything is two. The, the giver, the receiver, Shemayim, the arets, the rich, the poor. It's the, it, the husband, the wife, it's all twos. But how does it work? There's a giver and there's a receiver. There's the gomel and there's the dal. The gomel is the giver. That is the man. Gimel is the man. We see it. It's not a mistake that there, were, that there was Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. There was three of them. It's not a mistake that, that the Yimos are four of them. So Rivka, Rachel, it's not, it's not a mistake. That's why HaKadosh Baruch designed the world. And Chazal tell us the man has to be the initiator, especially emotionally, the initiator. Again, there are exceptions. I understand that. I understand. Ladies, I think, listen to me. I'm saying my husband will never do this. Okay, fine. There are exceptions. But you know what? Naturally, this is the way it's supposed to happen. If your husband is not doing it, it doesn't mean it's bad, it just means that there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's an issue, there's a challenge, fine. But men who are listening to me, please, if you come to that gridlock where who gives, you know, who gives the empathy first? You both have hard days. I know it's hard for you men, but this is, this is, created the world. Gomel Dal, right? The same way you started everything. You started the giving under the chuppah. You gave her the ring. She didn't give you the ring. In order to make the Kenyan, it was your chalos of the Kenyan, right? You, you did the chalos, right? You did the chalos of the Kenyan. You gave her the ring. You started it like that. It's just, the whole pattern is you initiate. We initiate, man. So that's why we're the ones who should go first, and we are the ones who should start and ask our wives, tell me a little bit about your day. What's going on? You seem upset. What's happening? You know, I'm sitting here, I'm saying this. I know how hard it is. Gentlemen, I know how difficult this is. 
how grueling this is sometimes. The reason I say this is because I know you're involved and you've been working and you had a hard day yourself and there are bills and finances and Pesach and this and that. And, and I say, this is what I say, either do it for Kaddish Baruch Hu, do it for your wife, or do it for yourself. You're going to be a happier person at the end. Because if you're not going to give the empathy to your wife, she, she's definitely not going to be able to have empathy for you, number one. Number two, she's going to feel intolerant, impatient. She's going to have a big hat on her head. You know, those of you who listen to my shows, hats. She's going to have a big head on her head. It's going to be very hard. And yet you're going to feel like you're getting into fights. Why? Because she needs empathy. She needs a validation. That's what she needs. So it's important to remember, gentlemen, we are the initiators. We are the ones who have to start. And ladies who are just joining us right now, if your husband's not doing this, please do not upset at him. Tell him. It might have certain challenges and issues. It might have to be backwards. In certain cases, I tell the women to do it first. I, I will tell you the truth, yeah. Certain cases, I tell the women, you're, you're going to have to do it first. But standard protocol, it's the man. He's the initiator. So that's number one as far as, right, right I don't agree with, uh, excuse me, I don't want to go first. Okay, now comes the next one. This, this is a loaded one. This is a loaded, loaded topic like this. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. How do you want me to empathize with you if I don't agree with you? I seriously don't, in other words, like this, like this. And I, I, I broke this down into subcategories. The way he writes it as follows. He writes, empathy requires us to place ourselves in another person's shoes, to allow our hearts to beat to the rhythm of theirs. We often fundamentally disagree with their perspective, and so we are tempted to debate them intellectually rather than join them emotionally. Here's the way I broke it up. Number one, A, that wouldn't bother me. I don't know why you're so upset. It, it wouldn't bother me. I don't know why it's bothering you. I don't know. The husband says to his wife, sister, you know what? I had to ask a Shiloh. It was very hard for me. I felt embarrassed. I felt uncomfortable. But I asked a Shiloh. So for the wife to think to herself, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's so hard. You just ask him a Shiloh. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? I should empathize with him? <laughs> What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Woman, lady, says to her husband, she says to her, oh, I got into a big fight with my sister. She was upset at me, this, that, the other thing. Husband thinks, your sister's a teenager. Like, why are you getting so upset? She's not even an adult. She's just, she's 13, 14 years old. Why are you taking her so seriously? I don't understand. It wouldn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It shouldn't bother you. So it's such a big mistake. It's such a big mistake. If it doesn't bother me, it shouldn't bother you. Hello, you're married. This is what marriage is about. It's taking two opposites, putting them together, and working on our midos and connecting to Hashem. And what that is all about, it's about thinking outside of myself. Meaning, you know what? It wouldn't bother me, but it clearly bothers you. I feel terrible for you. I feel terrible for you that you got into this fight. I feel terrible for you that, uh, that you had to ask that, Shaila. I feel terrible for you that, uh, that, that you were in such a rush this morning. It wouldn't bother me. But it bothers you, and since it bothers you, I feel terrible for you. I feel terrible for you. You know, we, we just had a, a Gadol who passed away. Rabbi Sorel Belsky. And I got to know him a little bit. The, the, the way that the empathy of this man had is unbelievable. He used to have people coming into his place that anybody would kick out. Seriously, people would just kick them out. People who had Nebuch issues. And he sat with them, and he had empathy with them. And I saw personally how he had empathy with a certain individual, the whole issue. He, he was... I don't, Talk about a gadol. Empathy was like up there. 
It's a midah that a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to have. And anybody who's really, really big, you'll see they have this. They have this midah of empathy. You're not going to have it in your house because what? Because it wouldn't bother you. So since it doesn't bother me, it shouldn't bother you. So I'm not going to have empathy for you. You know what? I feel terrible. I'm sorry. And that's hard for you to say because you can't feel horrible for your wife. You can't feel terrible for her that she's going through, through pain. You can't feel terrible. And if you don't feel that, you know, at least say, I'm sorry that you, had to go, that you had to go through that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I don't want you to go through this. I'm sorry. Now, in your mind, you can think, I don't hop. It wouldn't bother me. Just ask a Shiloh, what's the problem? Or, you know, her sister is, is, is a teenager. Why is she getting so upset? Or, uh, fine, you're, you're, so, so, so you called your father. He was a little bit upset. Big deal. It happens to me all the time. Why, why are you getting so upset? No, 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 getting up so upset. And that's something else I want to mention here. The thing is, please, can we please take this out of our houses, ladies and gentlemen? Can we please take this statement out of our houses? Why are you getting so upset? That statement should not exist in your house. Why are you getting so upset? Let me tell you why they're getting so upset. They're getting so upset because they're not you. That's why they're getting so upset. So they have different childhood, a different disposition, a different narrative of life, they were programmed completely different, and I will tell you that if you were them, you would probably get also just so upset. So to say to your wife or to say to your husband, why are you getting so upset? You shouldn't get so upset. I'm telling you, just delete, 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 like my computer here before it's turned off. Delete it, delete it from your house. It should not exist. That statement of why you're getting so upset, please don't say that anymore. And if it, if, if it comes to your mind, instead, Plug into empathy and say, say to yourself, I don't why you're so upset, in your mind, and then say to her or to him, wow, it seems, like, it seems like this really, really bothers you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through this pain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through this pain. You might not feel the pain. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But not, wh why are you getting so upset? Please, no more of that. Okay, fine. Next. B, the next thing is, the next thing is, you know why, not that it wouldn't bother me, you know why I can't empathize with you? Because I don't know anything about this stuff. I can't imagine what you are experiencing. I can't imagine what you're experiencing because I don't know anything about shaitl. So you're upset that you ordered the shaitl and it didn't come out the way you wanted it to and, and, and the shaitl macha promised you and this and that and you're all upset about the shaitl. You want my empathy? I, what do I know about shaitls? This is not about shaitls, gentlemen. You have, this is not about shaitls. This is about feelings, emotions, downs. Meaning that if your wife is down, even though you don't have her shaitl, her this, her that, because you don't have, you don't really think about shaitl, you don't really think about cooking necessarily, she's upset how something came out, you don't even think about cooking, doesn't make a difference, doesn't make a difference. You could still empathize, you could say, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. It sounds, sounds like it was very, very frustrating for you. It sounds like a very, very frustrating for you, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's it, that's it, not to tell her, I don't know anything about shaitl's. Or, ladies, I'm sorry, but it works the other way around also. If your husband comes back and talks to you about business, and this happened and that happened, this I have, actually have a lot happens in my office. Now, what? Where women tell me, I want to empathize with my husband. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about his business. And he starts complaining. I don't know what he's talking about. It's not about what he's talking about. Read between the lines. It's about his emotions. It's about his feelings. It's about his hurt. That's what it's about. And if you could connect to that... <coughs> You don't know what you're doing. You're doing Ratzon Hashem. That actually, I'll tell you, you're doing Ratzon Hashem. And that's how Yitzhak Mitzrayim will start with empathy. It, it's all about Ratzon Hashem, what a Baruch Hu wants. 
if you can't relate to Ratzon Hashem for whatever reason in Chas V'Shalom, then do it for your wife or your husband. If you can't do it for them, then do it for yourself because trust me, you'll be a happier camper after that. Okay, so that's as far as, as, as that, that's concerned. Next, here's where it gets a little complicated. Here's where it gets a little complicated. Okay, I'm happy you're listening to me today because this is so important. Okay, next. I would say the third subcategory about what he writes is as follows. I don't think that you're within your right to be upset. I hear that you're upset. I hear, I'm, I hear you're, you're upset. You're upset. At, you know what you're upset? You're upset because your boss was upset at you, right? You're upset because your boss was upset that you came late to work. And you're upset that he's screaming at you. He's that. But you know what? I think your boss is right. I think you do come late to work, and I think if I was your boss, I would probably think the same way. This is how you feel, and sometimes loyalenu people tell this to their spouse. Loyalenu, I'm saying loyalenu, bring a machlokas into their house. Because I don't think you're within your right to be upset. Let me tell you something, people. I know you know this, but for some people who clearly do not know this, I'll tell you this clearly. You are not your spouse's judge, your rebbe, your musar, rebetzin. It's it's not your role. It's not your role. You have other roles, but that's not one of your roles. So it's not your role to start giving them Musr. It's not. Obviously, Chas Shalom, they're doing something really terrible. We had a whole Musr show. I actually played it last week, which I played a bunch. It was, it was an old show. You can listen to that show. And if you see Mamish, you're, you're feeling for your spouse. They're going to have Gehenim, whatever. There are ways how to do it. And you'd be very careful. You can listen to that show or speak to, speak to, speak to someone about it. But like this, you never tell your spouse if she is upset or he is upset. Let's say, let's say your wife is upset, right? Your wife is upset because, let's say she's so upset at her sister because why? Because her sister got into a fight with her. It was a whole thing. And you're thinking to yourself, of course your sister is upset. You know why she's upset? Because you ignored her for two weeks. If you would have picked up the phone and, and talked to her about it, it would have been fine. But since you ignored it, now you made a whole fight. And this is what you're thinking in your mind. So how am I supposed to empathize with you when I think you're wrong? Hello. Hello. What does a Kaddish Baruch Hu want you to do? You know what chesed really is? Chesed really is, is that I'm right, you're wrong, but I'm going to do this for you anyways. And what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is expecting at that particular point is not for you to give mustard to your wife. So I'm not saying to validate their point. You know, to say, you're 100% right. He's, this guy is a really horrible guy. He's upset at you that you came late to work. He's He's horrible. Play that game. I, I don't know if I, honestly, I don't, I don't know if you have to play that game, but you could still have empathy. Wow, that sounds crazy. Wow, you went through so much today. Wow, sounds like sounds like it caused you a lot of hurt today. Sounds, sounds like you had a crazy day. I'm so sorry to hear you had a crazy day. I'm so sorry to hear. I'm so sorry to hear that you were so hurt by your boss. I'm so sorry to hear that. Now, obviously. You have to be careful because if you're going to couch it in a way where you're going to imply that their boss was right and they're wrong, then don't say it. Then just, you know, you could just give empathic sounds as they say. Oh, that's terrible. That's crazy. I'm so sorry to hear that. Just short, sweet, and to the point. Don't get into the whole thing. Wow, sounds like you're crazy. That's crazy. I'm sorry you had to go through that. All right, that's a very, actually just a very good line. I'm thinking right now I'm saying this. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I feel terrible for you that you have to go through that. Don't you think my boss is that the other thing? I'm sorry you have to go through that. Now, here comes the being mavater part from the other end. Like this. Or actually, no, 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 no. Actually, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, hold. 
put that hold button on for a second because I I, I want to speak about the Mavater in the next in the next category subcategory, but like this, like this is very very important. That what? That that to remember. If you don't hold of what your wife is saying, you think she was wrong, or if you think that your husband is wrong, you could still empathize. You don't have to validate the content, but you could still empathize. Be careful not to disvalidate or invalidate the comment. Don't tell, ever tell her or imply to her that, her that her sister was right and she was wrong in the fight. Don't ever imply to him that his boss was right and he was wrong. Don't imply that. But you could just say, I feel terrible for you. Sounds like you had a really hard day. Sounds like your boss made you crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I really feel terrible for you. And if you don't feel terrible, because you're thinking, I don't feel terrible. I told you to go work on time. So you could say to them, I'm sorry that you had such a hard day. Sounds like sounds like you had a really crazy day. I'm sorry that you had to go through that today. I'm sorry that you had to go through that today. Now, now, listen to me. The person who's receiving the empathy and really wants their spouse to validate the content, meaning, ladies, let's say you just got into a fight with your sister, chas v'shalom, okay? Those of you who have sisters. You got into a fight with your sister, and, and you, you go ahead and you tell your husband you're venting the whole story, and again, I'm not saying you should because it might be Lashon Hara, and you really should speak to a posek. In certain cases, you could vent if your husband knows how to be a makabla, but I'm not, I'm not getting into that right now. Now you can speak, let's say, let's say, let's say, you know, something happened, and you're venting this whole story now. Okay, fine. And now in the back of your mind, you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, you know, my husband, my husband surely stick up with me over here and not stick up with my sister. And I hope he's going to stick up with me and not stick up with my sister. Then you're, then you're going down a very dangerous path because your husband's not your judge. He's not your chauffeur. He's not your rebbe. He's not, he's not, that's not his job. His job is to empathize, to connect with you and to feel bad that you're going through pain. And you know something? Your husband shouldn't even be thinking. Your husband shouldn't be thinking about who's right and who's wrong. That's not, it shouldn't be even on the agenda. Gentlemen, I hope you listen to me. This is not a court case. This is not a Gemara. This is not, okay, well, one second. Actually, your sister was right. You're right. That's not what it's about. This is about empathy. This is about your wife had a really hard day. Why don't you connect her and tell her, I feel terrible for you. You had a really hard day. Seems like your sister caused you a lot of pain. I feel terrible for you. You don't even know what she did. I feel terrible for you. And gentlemen, you want to give Tainas and want to protect her, her sister? Don't. Go there. Don't go there. It's not for you. But I, she should know for next time, v'chulu. You know what? First of all, generally these problems don't happen again. I'm telling you, so many of these like nuclear family fights, they just don't happen again. They just, everything just clears up. And then they're just best friends. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get inter intermingled, intertangled, triangulated into the fight. You're never going to hear the end of it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't get involved, but you could still be empathic. You could still be empathic. I'm so sorry you had a hard day. I'm sorry you simply made you crazy. That's crazy. I'm sorry. That's terrible. That's terrible. Ladies, don't push it. Meaning, don't say, do you agree with me? Don't you agree with me? Let's not go there. Let's not go there, especially in, in sensitive situations. And you know what's even more sensitive? When we're talking about a parent. That's even more sensitive. That's like, oh boy. You're talking about major vulnerability. We're talking about like, watch out, danger zone, big time danger zone. Because if you're going to complain about your spouse's parent, and say, you know what your father did to me? You know what your mother did to me? You know what your sister did to me? You know what your brother did to me? I want you to remember, no matter what you're going to say, should I say this? I'm, I got, I'm an ear and this and that, but I, 
I think I'm going to say MS. I think I'm going to say the MS. No matter what you're going to say, as horrible as it was that your parent, that, that, that your spouse's parent did something horrible, him or her, men or women, to them, it's still a parent. It's still a parent. First of all, you shouldn't be... A lot of in-laws, a lot of father-in-laws, mother-in-laws listen to this also. And it's true. I agree with you. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, they shouldn't be talking about me. That's true. That's true. But if something happens and, 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 and they're venting about something that happened, it, at the end of the day, the point is your spouse's parent is their parent. They're a blood relative to them. There's a certain place in the heart that they have for them. So as horrible as the parent was, there's still a certain place in the heart that they have. Even if they had a bad childhood and the parent is crazy and horrible and controlling and criticizing, and we know there are a lot of such cases, a lot of such cases. A lot of, a lot of you are thinking, oh, are you talking to me now? You know, a lot of such cases. It doesn't make a difference. The point of the matter is, you know, a father is a father and a mother is a mother. And you know how you know it? Because think about your own children, those of you who have children. Right? No matter what's going to happen, there's a certain connection that you have with your children, that you're going to have with your child, and your child's going to have you. It's always going to be there. Like that blood family connection is always going to be there. So if you're going to diss their mother or their father, a man to his wife or a wife to her husband, what's going to happen is, what's going to happen is, there's a certain place that he or she has for their parent. Not fair to tell or to ask your husband, don't you think your mother, your father was horrible? Don't think your mother was horrible? Why you triangulating them into the dispute? It's not fair. You want empathy? You're right. You sh they should give you empathy. They should give you empathy if you had to bring it up and you weren't able to be Mavatar, right? That's the whole question itself. But you want empathy? You want your wife? You want your husband to empathize with you and say, I feel terrible that you had to go through all that? Okay, interesting. I got it. But you know what? Don't push him to the wall and say, don't you think your mother's horrible? Don't you think your father's horrible? Don't you think so? Come on, just say it. Just say how horrible your father is. Don't you just say, oh, he's a mother. It's not fair. It's really not fair. It's really not fair. I, I know some of you don't want to hear this. I know you don't want to hear this. <laughs> you want to you sh shut whatever you listen to? Go ahead. I don't care. I'm telling you right now. It, it's not fair. It's not fair. Think about your own children. Your children have a certain connection to you, as horrible as it is. So don't push the con. That's where you have to be mavater. And as long as your spouse is giving you empathy, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's terrible. It sounds like my mother caused you a lot of pain. I, I feel terrible. Oh, I think that's like my father caused you a lot of pain. I feel terrible about it. I understand how you feel. I'm sorry that you have to go through this. That's it. That's it. But don't push them to the wall. Don't, that's, you know, that's a certain area where you want to be mavater. That's just a certain area you want to be mavater. Because as long as you're getting the empathy, just be fine with it. Don't triangulate, involve, enmesh your, your spouse into your fight or impasse or disagreement with their parent or understanding their parent. Because it's, 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 simply, it's simply not right. It's very, very, very dangerous. This is how he writes this. I love the way he writes this. We will have to put aside all our intellectual debates. And that's, that's something else. Oh, 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 I almost forgot this. Whoa. Okay, we have a couple of minutes left. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget a very important thing. Stop debating your spouse. Stop debating. 
is this, this is true, by the way, especially when it comes to empathy, especially when you don't agree, like you're so upset, we shouldn't be upset, they have a good point. Of course then, for sure then, do not debate your spouse. Do not debate your spouse in the middle of an empathic conversation. It's, it's going to turn like completely the other way. You know you can bring an atom bomb to your house. The satan will come into your house. The kadusha will run away. But another thing is, stop debating them. Stop debating them. I've seen a lot of couples just debating. What are you fighting with your husband and your wife about silly content? Does it really make a difference where you went, how it happened? Your husband's saying a story on the Shabbos table. Why do you have to correct him? What's the point? To show that you're right, he got it wrong for the sake of MS? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It, it, doesn't, affect, it doesn't affect you. You're not going to... My father, Allah used to say, if it's not... You're not going to lose any money out of it. It's not going to hurt your feelings. Just let them be right. What does it make a difference? So they're wrong. They're telling over the story a different way. Or you don't agree with them about a certain type of thing. Who cares? And sometimes, sometimes they're saying something. I'm not just talking to women. I'm talking to men also. Sometimes they're saying something that what? That irks you because you know it's not true about whatever the shidduch crisis, about the elections, about the this, about either like something or something that's maybe even a little closer to your heart. As long as it's not hurting your feelings or shaming your family, whatever it is, just let it go. Stop debating. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. Just agree. Just agree. Trust me. There's no question about it. Hashem. Just to agree. Just to about sheker. No, 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 sheker. Forget about sheker. This is, this is, this is like apex when it comes to Shalom Bayes. That what? We don't get into fights. We don't get into fights. I, oh, Rabbi Greenfield, what do you mean? We just argue about silly things. Don't even argue about silly things because arguing from silly things, we are, are start arguing about serious things. So funny. Last night, I met someone. I met someone. I had a late night, <laughs> very, very late night last night. And Baruch Hashem, my wife, Zangazunt, she, she knows sometimes I have late nights. And Baruch Hashem, don't get me wrong. You know, the people who I work with, you know, people who are involved in Sarkis Hebrew know that, you know, sometimes you really got to balance. You got to balance. Shalom by, especially in your own homes. But some nights I come, you know, very, very late. And, and, and I'm, I, I'm not eating anything. I know my wife put all the food away. So I went to a place to get something to eat. And I see another man over there, and he's eating also. And I'm thinking, okay, what's this guy doing here, eating at this point at night here without his wife? And he looked like a person who's probably married. But I didn't know. I didn't get it really get involved. And he started talking about this, that, the other thing we were talking about. He's talking about the food, about Eretz Yisrael. He's talking about somebody else. He came over to me. We just chopped the schmooze. It was nice. And we started talking and talking and talking. And he mentioned, his, he mentioned something about his wife. I said to him, can I just ask you a silly question? Your wife doesn't mind that you're here now. Like, what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? Like, it's pretty late, right? So he says to me, he says to me, he says to me, no, actually, my wife was going out. She was, she, she's doing a very big mitzvah. And I know she's going to be out of the house, back and forth. And with my wife, it's okay. She understands sometimes this, that, and the other thing. And by the way, as I'm saying this, I know I have to be very, very careful because men, it is very, very important for us to be home for our wives. Um, I mean, there are sometimes exceptions. There are sometimes exceptions. And ladies, if you're hearing this, please do not get upset at your husband right now. But to make a long story short, he says to me something beautiful. And I, I thought this is so nice. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll say this on the air because it's, it's true. It's true. Maybe I don't get, get a chance to speak about this enough or speak about this at all. And that is spending, when you spend time with your husband, with your wife, this is really talking to the men now. You're spending time with your husband, with your wife, excuse me. You know what? Don't do it in a way where you're like you're doing her a favor. Don't do it in a way where you're like, you know, you're involved with something else and you're sort of listening to her because she hops you doing her a favor. And you know what? She's not interested in that. She's not interested in that. She wants genuine time. And he was right. He mentioned this to me last night. I'm like, you know what? 
I agree with you a thousand percent. And it's not a matter, and you don't have to spend so much time. It's just, you know, people think I spend hours and hours, but just genuine time, genuine time. Now, ladies who are listening to this and thinking, oh, this is my husband, I just want to tell you, the men are not doing this because they don't want to spend time with you. I'm telling you, and this is not like me rationalizing here, because I speak to men about this all the time. They want to spend time with you. They're just so involved. They're so distracted. They're so in another world, and they can't multitask. They're involved with whatever there is, and it's very hard for them to switch. So yes, I'm telling all the men today, switch. Make that switch. Turn off the phone. Turn off the phone. Get off the computer or whatever you're on, the book, the Ated, the Ami, your friend, or whatever it is, and pay attention. Stop and give complete attention to your wife. That's what she needs. Now, sometimes, unfortunately, this happens with women. They're not giving attention to their husbands. I've heard this from women. So, uh, but in general, I'm talking to the men. Turn everything off and just give that real time and attention, and that's it. And ladies, if it's not happening, give your husband a chance. He might transform in the middle of the conversation. He might. I know it's hard for you, and I'm sorry even to ask you this, but he might transform in the middle of the conversation to so give him a chance. But gentlemen, give your wife that full attention. Give her that. Focus, focus, and realize that you're speaking to your wife. You would not be talking to her like this when you date her. You would not be talking to her like this when you first got married to her. Nothing really changed. She's still your wife. And in the eyes of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that's what he wants you to do. Thank you so much for listening today and joining me here today. Questions, comments, feedback, 917-397-2841, 917-397-2841. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing week. We'll be back, Mr. Shem, next week. We'll start talking about a little bit about Erev Pesach and all the stress. Thank you, and have an amazing week.